Welcome to the Film Look Podcast, where we're trying to cheer at one shot at a time. I'm one half the Film Look, Robert Carr, also joined by the other half of the Film Look, Richard Scott. Hello! And then I'm also joined by the third official, unofficial member of the Film Look, Christian Foreman. Hello. Yeah. Yep. Everyone Have you okay? got a fact off? Yeah, I do. Uh, Christian, yeah. do you want to go first with yours? Um, yep. As you know, I like to bring in, is this, I need to get close to this mic. I like to talk about 2001 whenever the opportunity arises. Yep. This week's no different. Okay. It was a good year. That was the year uh, the Xbox original came out. Okay. I meant the film, but the oh, year okay. is brilliant as well. Uh, do you know, do you remember, we watched this on the podcast, episode number two. Yep. Uh, do you remember the, the scene with the floating pen? Yep. Oh, it's the window. Yeah, that was my fact. Go on, explain it. So... I did explain this fact on the podcast. I'm uh, bringing it back. Episode. It's a good fact. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> so the sequence was made by gluing a pen with transparent tape to a giant glass um, sheet and then just moving the, the, the glass pane about so yeah. it looked like the, the pen was floating. I mean, it's a super cool trick because you look at it, especially when the yeah. film come out and go, how did they do this? Yeah. And it's just stick a pen to a piece of glass. Um, and then just shift the focus to the pen rather than and yeah. then everything else is... It's, Easy. It's super simple. Uh, sometimes the simplest ways are the best. It's a um, good. It's a good fact. It's a good fact. But one I have already said on this podcast. Um, <laughs> That's true. Whilst shooting Batman Begins um, on street, streets of Chicago, that's where they, they shot it. Yeah. Um, someone accidentally crashed their car into the Batmobile whilst intos- intoxicated, and he got out of the car. And, and the reason he like he was he panicked because obviously the doesn't look like a normal car. How did he get on a set? Surely the well, it was just, the Batmobile was on the set. It was an open street, I suppose. And he but, was drunk. And he was drunk. Mm. And um, he says it looked like an alien spaceship. Spaceship was in the invading, so that's where he questioned it. Um, I thought that was quite funny because it's again. Did he, how, da- did how, he damage it? Probably, yeah. But how did he get on set? <laughs> and he's drunk, so I hope he got arrested and he got fined. Um, so yeah, someone uh, actually crashed it into the Batmobile. I'm gonna have to give Rob the the winner of what the fact this week oh. but it's it's oh. such a good fact that it might not be true yeah i need oh, yeah, some, might, I need like some, someone I could, need some could make then. that up yeah someone could make that up but some I'm, pictorial I'm evidence hmm? so i want some pictorial evidence some pictures some pictures yeah <laughs> well it's not you who's deciding who's got the best fact so <laughs> yeah Rob, well he could Rob have just made that up i could just go well oh. i didn't it was on the it was on the internet Oh, the internet. If it's on the internet, it means it's true. (laughs) I'm sorry. We all know this. All right, let's know what we're doing in this week's podcast, Christian. So coming up on this week's podcast, we have news and views where we'll be discussing news, but no views. Intriguing. And you haven't seen that. We'll be figuring out how the Silence of the Lambs achieved the film film look by dissecting its filmmaking properties. And later on, we'll be talking about softboxes, fluorescent lights, and upgrading to LEDs. And throughout the podcast, Robin and Rich will be competing in a filmmaking trivia challenge. If you want to send us any questions or comments or topic suggestions or films to watch or anything like that, you can find us on Twitter at The Film Look or you can um, email us which uh, our email address is thefilmlook at gmail.com. Rob, get us started with... News and views. Nah, nah, nah. News and views. Nah, nah, nah. I don't have any news or any views. I heard that. This week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I'm going to explain why. I was going to tell... There's a new lens come out from Sony. It's like a 400mm lens. And I was going to talk about it, but then I looked at the price. It's £12,000. I, I don't really think that we can, and most of our audience could afford one of those. It's it's made for like sports photographers and nature photographers. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of versions of this lens out from other manufacturers in all £10,000 and £11,000. So I just decided to go, you know what? There's just no news and views because I haven't seen any actually good filmmaking videos um, this week. Um, I don't know why. I've been looking for them. 
Have you been too busy watching the World Cup? I have, yeah. Um, too busy come watching... Come on, England! Come <laughs> on, England! Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... Uh, too busy watching that and there is a few things that I do want to watch but I haven't so I didn't want to mention them like D4 Darius has got his short his feature film out that he's been working on for the past couple of years and so he's got his behind one the hour BTS as well which yeah, is going to be cool Film Riot has put their new short film out called Ballistic which I really want to watch but it just come out today as we're recording this and it's like 17 minutes long uh, so I haven't had time to watch it yet so there's loads of things out that are probably going to be really good and worth watching to the audience so go and find those but um maybe what we could do instead is have a look at this this 400 mil lens and work out why it's so goddamn expensive so it's got like a million switches other than image stabilizer yeah. and autofocus what are these other switches um i don't know i didn't look at it I'll, uh, I'll see if I can grab the picture. This is the worst news and views. Um, it's got loads of different... <laughs> um, it's it's a 2.8... 2, yeah, 2.8 aperture. And a lot of the, these have been getting shown um, at the World Cup and big sports, of, sports events like that because a 400mm lens, you can be miles away. And that's how you get like the full shots of the players and they look really close. And obviously, it completely blows out the background because uh, it's the focal lens um, so zoomed in. Everything's crushed and, you know, you... and. It looks looks good, and it's it's built for people who are shooting. Most people at the World Cup, if you didn't know, who you, you, there's a thousand photographers that are there. Most of the people that are there, they don't actually own that kit. There's like um, there's rooms just full of cameras and lenses, and you rent them. So the big manufacturers send all of this equipment to the big events. So like the World Cup, like the World Cup. So photographers can use them, and it's kind of a way to advertise. Because they they get to use this new equipment and go. And then they'll I say, really like this. We should use this on the, on the yeah, other project because the it's obviously the people that are using it are their exact target audience. Yeah, it's literally built for them. So they do that and um, and it it kind of assures that if you know if you get sent there from a newspaper or a magazine or someone on the internet like a BBC that if your equipment breaks you don't have to then go, oh man, I'm going to have to find, replace this equipment as soon as, as soon as, where do I go? I need to, you know, contact me boss and things like this. No, you just go to this room, which is in the stadium and you, you go, it's broke, ticket in and off and then you can get back on to doing your job. So mm. it actually saves time and money having all of this stuff and if That's you've cool. seen some of the pictures of the rooms, it's just full of cameras. It's just, it's just it's racking same, full of kit. It, it's the same camera and it's the same lens, but, about a thousand times. All oh, right. So I suppose if you're a photographer as well, um, it'll save you carrying all that gear on the yeah when you're flying. Yeah, when you're flying and when you're going around, obviously Russia and or any, wherever it would be in the world, you know, there's still a danger of you that like losing getting it, nicked. getting stolen, yeah. going in and out of the stadium. But if it's there, you just pick it up and sign it out, use it, take it back, sign it back in, and it probably saves a lot of people time and money and insurance as well. So yeah, um, yeah. So. Well, I've had a look at the, the video here, uh, and it says that it's less than three kilograms, which is pretty good for a lens that's like the size of your arm. Yeah, so you'd have to mount this to your um, tripod. tripod yeah. yeah. Um, that's like that's like less than three big things of butter. Yeah, it's pretty good. Which is um, pretty light for a... So I will actually link that to News and Views because you might as well look at it. Um, and because there might be some people out there that actually shoot with stuff like this. Um, so yeah, that's the end of News and News Views. News and Views. Na, na, na. News and Views. Na, na. <laughs> right, we've got a problem with, with trivia because I've got no idea what the overall score is still. Did JJ not get in touch? He didn't get back. Oh, man. No, unfortunately. Two, one, three, I know one, that last week Rob won and the week before Rob won. And normally Rich 
wins a few as well. So I, I reckon it's about around about the three mark, but I will find out for next week. Okay. Okay. So can we give you that job? I will to take. Look at I will take that. I will take that job, and I will. I will scroll to the end of all the fast podcasts for the fi- five weeks or something, Cheers. however long it's been. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so this week's trivia is a bit lazy, but because we were trying to memorize names last week, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to give you another memory challenge. Cool. And I'm going to um, ask you, what, how many episodes is this now? We've done 40, 44, 43, 44 podcasts? 43. 43. Yep. So we've done 43 films, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to name some of these films that we've done, mm-hmm. and you have to tell me what the year, what year they came out, see oh, if you cool. can use that memory. Yep. Well, you should, in theory, know, because we discussed them at length for an hour each. Yeah. <laughs> Which is right. really interesting, because the film that we're about to do, I didn't realise come out on this particular date I thought it was a lot earlier yeah so, so this was 1991 91 yeah and the film we did last week which is Thelma and Louise that came out in 1991 yeah and Terminator 2 came out in 1991 so yeah. that is I think the most popular year for this run of podcasts yeah so far so far okay so I'll just name I'll do a three round guess a year and the closest to the year gets the point <laughs> alright <laughs> <laughs> it's not a quick fire no not right. quick fire um, yeah, you both can answer, and then there's the closest. If you guess the same year, fair enough. You should th- you should know the answer. Okay. Yeah. Right. First one is Twelve Angry Men. When did that come out? Nineteen fifty-four. I'll go forty-seven. Ooh, it was nineteen fifty-seven. Oh, Rich gets that point. It's going to note that down. I don't know what seven. Got the seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob That's got like the ten. seven. Does that mean he gets a no, point? No, no, no. no you should closer. remember, right? Because it, remember, it was on the it was on the turn of the color to the black and white to color. Yeah, I don't know when which that was. was. Like mid fifties. Well, fifty seven apparently. Fifty seven. Yeah. <laughs> My dad always says, "Oh, back in the day before you know everyone color was invented." When I was about seven years old, he convinced me that life wasn't in color until the sixties. Uh, <laughs> it's good that. Pretty good. Right. When did there will be blood come out? Uh, 2009 2007 Rob gets it 2007 bang on Seven. Um, cool. and the last one for this round uh, when did It's a Wonderful Life come out what year did it come out 19 I'm going to let Rob guess first <laughs> um, 46 Rich oh, 42 yeah, just. I think it came out during the war. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh. No, Rob, you're right. Forty six. Oh, did it? Man. I just remember talking about it yeah. and being how depressing this film was for the time of a year it came out, or the, or the <laughs> yeah. not the time of year, the time of the era. And it how, was just after the war. Yeah. So, well done, Rob. You've got a better memory. So far. So far. So far. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to. You haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. We're going to be talking about Silence of the Lambs. The Silence of the Lambs is in 1991. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. that in future quizzes. 91. 91. The year you were born? It was. When were you born? 92. Born, when were you? 46 or something? Yeah, 46, yeah. <laughs> 46. <laughs> Wonderful life. Wonderful was... life. That's where you got it. Right, what are we talking about? Right, it came out in 1991. It's an American horror thriller film directed by Jonathan Dem. Demi? Dem? Deem? Demi? Deem? Deme? I'll just spell it. D-E-M-M-E however you pronounce that. And it stars Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, and Scott Glenn, and it was adapted from the Ted Talley novel. Um, no, it's not. 
adapted by Ted Talley. That was the screenwriter from the Thomas Harris novel from 1988. That was a shambles, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. 1988. <laughs> Remember that? That was the year Rob was actually born. <laughs> right, I'll give you the plot. So Jodie Foster stars as Clarence Starling. Going into this, I thought it was Darling. Just man. Because it's not. Because it's not. Don't know why. Jodie Foster stars as Clarence Starling. It's not sto- Clarence. <laughs> What is it's it? It's Clarice. Clarice. Clarence is a is Clarice. a guy's name. Clarence. Clarice. Clarice Starling. Yeah. Right, she's a top student. She's a top FBI uh, student at the training academy. <laughs> I'm not doing very well at it. And she's been tasked with interviewing Dr. Hannibal Lecter because this is this is not a going around uh, murdering women and call Buffalo Bill and they think that Lecter might be able to help them. Right, that's it. That's in a nutshell. I, cool. I, was, I didn't read it there. Right, it was released in the year 1991 and it grossed $222 million worldwide against a budget of $19 million. That's pretty so good. quite a significant... Um, what's, it, what's the word? Gross. Gross, yeah. It was the third film to win five Academy Awards in the top major categories, which was Best Actor, Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Director, and Best Adapted Screenplay. It was the first to win five? It was the, no, the third to win those five, those five particular, the big ones. Yeah. The other two were, can you, do you know what they are? Well, I've got them here. Best Sound, and no, let me like, guess. No, like um, the other two films I was going to say. more than know. five? Yeah. In, uh, in that, that one, that one, those, those, that particular oh, five. I mean, Lord of the Rings, possibly, or the no, Lord of the one? Rings. I mean, no, like up until that point. Oh, up until that point, I don't know. Just it was. Me. It happened one night, which we haven't watched, but the other was one flew over cougar's nest. That oh, one, all five. Okay. Yeah, I agree with uh, four out of the five nominations. And it was nominated for two oh, others. Oh, winners! Sorry, it was yeah. nominated for two others, which was best sound mixing and best film editing, but it lost to Terminator Two, mm. which we've also done in this podcast. Uh, and it's the first, and and it still is the only Best Picture winner, which is widely considered to be a horror film. Horror films don't right. tend to win yeah, Best, best Pictures. Know. All right, that's my spiel. That was that was, that was hard to get through that yeah, one. So who's who's seen this film before? <laughs> I I I when I watched it, I realized I hadn't seen it before. I thought I did, but it must yeah. have been bits on TV and stuff. Me too. And like yeah. references, I, but I no, hadn't I, seen it. I hadn't seen it. No, hadn't seen it at all. All right, so we're all pretty new to it. Yeah. Well, let's let's go in um, alphabetical order. Christian, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> what um, did you think? I really enjoyed it. I didn't know it was going to be like this. It's more of like a detec- detective story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like thought a it was, crime drama. Because we all know the reference Hannibal Lecter. He's a, he eats people, mm-hmm. and you know that noisy mix. And I thought it was going to be more about him yeah, and um, maybe how he got to his prison. Because, you know, this, again, you see the scene with him in the cell talking to Clarice, right? That's mm-hmm. her name. Yep. Uh, and I Not thought Clarence. it was going to be it was going to be that journey of him getting there and then the, the conflict between them two. But it wasn't. We start when he's in there, mm-hmm. which uh, I quite enjoyed. Uh, so I, I really liked it. I, I think the reason I liked it is because of the two characters, really, which is Jodie Foster and... Um, and Anthony Hopkins, I thought their performances were brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly Anthony Hopkins, like he's very, very chilling, but perfect for Hannibal Lecter. But I enjoyed it. Thumbs up from oh. me. Rob, um, I thought, uh, like like Christian, I thought um, you, it was more about Hannibal Lecter than than, than it is. It's yeah. not really. It's a lot about the other characters. I thought Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins were fantastic in this film. Um, the both both performances. Him as Hannibal Lecter, he is a creepy guy. He is. Um, he always plays creepy guys, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. Um, Have you ever met him? 
Yeah. Have you? No. All right. Okay. Um, the I kind of I, I liked the the parts when it was her and um, uh, Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins together in the yeah. cell, and I wish it was more about that. I wish it was more set in that one location, and it's about their relationship more. One flew the cuckoo's nest in one kind of location, then going off because I think this film's all over the place. I think there's a lot of stories going on. Yeah, it doesn't know what it is. Um, I think it suffers from when I seen 1991. I thought it was you know I thought this film was actually early 70s from the beginning of it, but it suffers from that uh, the same as last week's film, late 80s, early 90s action films. Um, because this doesn't need to be an action film. The police turn into like Charlie's Angels at some points and kind oh, of are the oh, worst oh, police squad oh, as well. They're just a little bit ridiculous, and I just think it's it's about three films in one. When all I wanted was her in the cell talking to Anthony Hopkins, to Hannibal Lecter, and him manipulating her. And it turns into something which it's just not. Yeah. And this, I, I didn't really like the whole Buffalo Bill. That's a different film. But Fair enough. I suppose is. they had to have a reason for her to go and talk to, to Hannibal Lecter. And that, that was it. Well, the original reason for her to go talk to him was to just investigate him. And then it was, a well, I suppose about Buffalo Bill. Oh, that was the hidden one. Yeah, hidden, it was a hidden one, but yeah. it, I think it could have just been about them. I think it turned into an 80s, 80s, early 90s action film again. And it was just like, this is this is just silliness in a way. Rich? <laughs> um, well, I, I watched it last night and I was quite tired. So <laughs> I hope that th- through this conversation, you, you'll... Um, Help me remember half of the film. <laughs> but what I did like was the bits that I saw. Uh, I agree with both. Yeah, I think the the uh, the acting is probably the best thing in this whole film. Yeah. I've got some other stuff as well. But in terms of like just watching someone's performance, I've uh, I've only ever had that a few times in my life, and I was expecting to watch Sir Anthony Hopkins just excel on screen, but Jodie is, Foster is he a sir? Is, yeah, he certainly is a sir. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I thought Jodie Foster was just as good. Yeah, she's she's fantastic, and I really she, like the contrast really between good. the two characters. Yeah. And um, you know, we, we've been uh, trying to find. Uh, we didn't do trivia on like uh, trying to find actresses' names, things like that. Mm. Uh, I've seen her in a few things, and I've I've really liked her and what she does. But in this one, it's just like man, she's. Yeah good in this movie yeah. I think literally you could ha- have is that, it's actually Sir Philip Anthony Hopkins oh apologies CBE um, uh, I've just checked this um, I honestly think you could just have them two backwards and forwards throughout this entire film and you could get away from him leaving the facility and the stupid policeman kind of running into the building into the room and looking like Charlie's Angels and then the bits with Buffalo Bill, I don't think you need. You could have how, Buffalo how Bill. How do you think you would structure the plot then, without it just being two hours well, of just conversations? Even you, you could have the Buffalo Bill element and her investigating, but he can still Anthony um, Hannibal Lecter can still be in the the prison, kind of giving her clues because he he he's very intelligent. He always he's always ten steps ahead. He kind of knows from the notes who it is already. I suppose he. he, he, he are you suggesting having the same film but not having him escape, not having that storyline? Yeah, I mean, I did like the kind of part where, you know, he's locked up in that big room and then he, he gets away. Um, I've kind of got a few things about that for later on. But I just don't... I, you didn't see him enough. 
He wasn't in it. What, what's good about him, I think it's, it's down to Anthony Hopkins' performance and the character itself, is he does have a looming presence on the whole film, even mm. though he's in it for a very small amount of time. Yeah, like the does, screen yeah. time, I don't know. I imagine it's like 30% or something like yeah, that, because Jodie Foster dominates the screen time. Mm-hmm. But even when he's not in it, you do have that presence that, what, what's he doing? Where's Hannibal Lecter? What's yeah. like he, that? He, he's influenced and everything happening. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's difficult to enjoy the film for its... Uh, original release in 2018, knowing that the the Science Alarms is this whole thing with Anthony Hopkins and like he plays this guy called Hannibal Lecter, and you've seen like the face mask and stuff before you've even seen the I film. I don't think and I, you go in with expectations. I think you go in with expectations, but that what you get is you actually you get a lot less of them and you get a different film. Yeah, I, it's I, definitely a different film than what I was thinking. But it's well, not the, it's not a different film in the sense of of like it's a different film in the sense of like tone and genre it turns into an action film right when it shouldn't it should be more of a drama psychological because that's who he is and that's what you kind of expect but literally at one point i thought i was watching like demolition man with the what police. do you mean the, with the police and then the police you know when the, the 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 running all over the place and it just it, it that's not the film that's yeah. an action film and this is not that even though she is an FBI agent. Do you agent. think it's, it's maybe because so, we've been treated with uh, uh, films like Seven mm-hmm. and uh, films like, or TV shows like Dexter, mm-hmm. where they've taken that formula and expanded on it and mm-hmm. made it a little bit more psychological, like yeah. you say, made it a bit more creepy, a see, bit more I, cultish. I could see if, the, if that's where they got a lot of the influences from them particular films and TV shows from, from, from this film, but in the way that they take half of what this film does right, in my opinion, and don't doesn't do that in the TV show and films like Seven that just yeah. investigate, and they they're better for that. Yeah. So, uh, should we talk about the story then? Oh, we've already kind of have. What what bits of the story did you like? I, I, I the the whole I really liked that Hannibal Lecter was already in prison. Yeah. I didn't want to I see liked- him get caught. Um, see him get put there he's I, already there i like how you arrive very late to hannibal lecter yeah. i know you like yeah. that so you, as as um uh, clarence is walking in down into clarice, clarice is walking down into clarence. Uh, into his cell area um you're getting the the the, the story the backstory of who hannibal lecter is yeah. and, and they're following him in and going he's did this he's did that and um, all these horrible terrible things so by the time we get to him. We have this picture, this this horrific mm-hmm. picture in our heads, and he's standing and, and, there, and he's just standing there. We don't it's actually a, ever really a, see him do anything. It's like a gentleman. Yeah, yeah. it's really weird. But it we have all this. Creepy, we yeah. have all this knowledge of going. Oh God, don't let him get inside your head, and all of those types of things. I like that aspect of it. Yeah, because at least we're learning about him as that character is. Yeah, and that's the perfect kind of the exposition of learning about, and we don't need to know any more. As soon as you see him and he starts talking, you you kind of get to know who he is by his acting. So. In some films, I imagine they would give you a bit of a what's that thing at the beginning of films called where they just. Exposition. This Ex- is like one. an exposition yeah. thing. So they'll they'll, in, they'll they'll come into the film with Hannibal Lecter eating someone or killing someone, eating them, and then cut to him yeah. in prison. Yeah. Whereas we, you don't need that because all the characters are just giving you that exposition. Yeah. Um, and they have a right to talk about because they would want to tell you about it as well. Yeah. yeah. It's not like they're just delivering that exposition to the audience. Mm-hmm. The filling Jodie Foster in, mm-hmm. Clarice in, because she's because she would need to know that anyway. Yeah. She's asking for that. She she's set up as being a you know a. A new FBI, recru- FBI agent, train, yeah. a trainee agent. She's yeah. not FBI agent, so she's still learning she's got the that job. Thirst for knowledge, yeah. which the audience has as well. Yep, and yeah. um, 
it it kind of it helps you that progresses the story to the point when she meets him then you've got all the information you need and then they can just go backwards and forwards and the backwards and forwards between them is so good like the from the acting to the camera work obviously we're going to that a little bit later lots mm. of close-ups and they stay on the shots really long so you yeah. can really see the performance and that's that, like i said that's that's what I, I kind of really like about that so obviously he's an awful character he's a psychopath mm. yeah. he eats people he kills people um he seems to be quite an emotionless malevolent how do you say that word? Don't ask me. Malele- I don't even know what you're saying. Malevolent. 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 Character, yes. Uh, I, I know the word I'm trying to say. Anyway. It's um, warm in here today, isn't it? It it's, really it's, is. It's, it's really, really hot. Yeah. It's really <laughs> You think of that, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I can't thinking. say it. Yeah. Um, no, I, wouldn't, I want to get to the end of the sentence. But why do we... He seems, at the same time, of all those things and words, um, he's a likeable character, in a sense. We enjoy seeing him on screen. Um, why do you think that is? Well, I think I think we'll like him when he's um, when he's locked up and he's behind bars. Malevolent. Uh, there you go. Malevolent. Something Malevolent. Like yeah. There you go, you said it. Yeah, <laughs> I think we'll like him when he's locked up and we're behind it. We know he can't get out. Right, is that's, that safe? Because we feel, as an audience member, we're yeah, safe because we're he's safe. behind we the, can see the Jordy, prison. We can see Jodie Foster's character safe. We can see everyone is. When he gets out, that's when we don't like him. That's when the horror comes. Yeah. He's, he, cause, because he's such an intelligent man, he knows when he's locked up, he can't get out. He yeah. can't. He's, he, he has to be calm. He'll, he'll talk to you and he'll still manipulate you. Manipulate? Can I, I Manipulate? Yeah. But when he when he's locked up, well, everything's okay. Should we open a window or something? It is open. All right. We're good. <laughs> um, I think it's also because he likes, clearly likes um, Clarice mm-hmm. as well. And we like her because yeah. she's she's our she's our character. We, yeah. we are seeing this world through her eyes, really. Yeah. And the fact that he likes her. And we, we believe, I think, I, I believe that he wouldn't hurt her. Yeah. Like, even if he did get yeah. out, I'm like, oh, she should be safe, even though he's this awful person. I yeah. think he would never go after her because we we see that in that yeah. those back and forth. Because they've got a genuinely they've genuinely got a relationship like at that yeah, point. Yeah, she's, she's quite honest with him. Yeah, um, he's honest with her. Um, and I, I wanted to see that relationship build more. So you know, and because I, I honestly, when when you start, um, when they get introduced to each other, and you can see that they're talking. You know, at one point he hands her a towel, and they have got this relationship together. And yep. he gives her a little bit of information, um, so to, to help her with the case. I wanted to see that more, and I wanted to see how he would manipulate her. In, in a but sense I don't of kind think of they're both of getting ma- out. they're both manipulating each other though. I wouldn't say he's the dominant one in this relationship. But that's that's his characteristic of what he does to people. Yeah, he does that to people, but I think it's different with her. But you, yeah, but you you never see him do that. You just hear about it. He doesn't do it to her, and he doesn't really do it to anyone else. Obviously, he he, he breaks free, but he's not using his mind. Well, he's using his mind to kind of figure out the plan. But didn't he, he doesn't, like, like Doctor Xavier? Yeah, yeah, so that one exactly like that. getting in someone's head. He doesn't do that, and that's what he's set up to do. You do hear about it though, like when when I'm just gonna call her Jodie Foster when mm. she leaves the cell for the first time, mm. and then the the guy in next in the cell next to Anthony Hopkins throws the, the stuff at her. Yeah, and, and, then, she, and then she runs the back. Fluids, the yeah. fluids. Uh, the next time he comes in, apparently he, Anthony Hopkins convinced the the guy to eat his own tongue through yeah. his manipulation skills. Mm. So you hear stuff like that, but you never see him do it, and you should see him do that to Jodie Foster's character because he likes her and he might not hurt her but if he's got a chance to get out and manipulate her but he, he does. should do that he does right so he uses 
the whole thing he, um he bargains she bargains for him to move to a different facility for the information that he gives yeah. right so that's that's a whole manipulation ploy yeah and she's because of him because of fake. that because of that he gets out through that move so he mm. that was always his plan along so that's yeah. a big manipulation ploy yeah manipulation but i think it's to more people i think it's got a bigger impact when it's to an individual you know when you see um so you wanted to basically you wanted to see the you want to see hannibal lecter do his thing. use his superpowers basically yeah. rather than because, just hear the rumors of the superpowers yeah. and it, to put it into an example is when we watch disaster films um you're not bothered you're not bothered. oh the world's gonna end the world's ending and that you're not really bothered because well everyone you don't have a personal yeah, it's not a personal thing with just a statistic. With Jodie Foster, you could really dial into her, and because we like her as a character, and she's set up like that, you just want to see her like crumble and fall, and him manipulate her. I and don't. Hope, I don't. I just think. Well, I just think that would be a lot. You're just horrible, Rob. You're just, you're I, just I, like him. Aren't yeah, you? but you're just like <laughs> yeah, I am. No, but Robin I just think. Lecter. I just think the story they told, it just fizzles out yeah, into yeah. Like it's not. It's not a powerful story, and yes, the hype of coming into this and. Sans Alarm's heard about it's won five Oscars it doesn't it doesn't it, deliver it's an 80s action film yeah mm. well we're, we're pretty much answered the question of has it aged it certainly has isn't it yeah. and in more than just sort of the, the look and the fashion things like yeah, that yeah in terms of the storytelling it doesn't quite it doesn't quite reach if it reach the hoop yeah. like uh, like films do these days yeah I think the best thing about the writing and the story in this is the dialogue yeah Um. it's Pretty much a masterclass in how to write uh, dialogue and write exposition into dialogue without making it. So let's say the case of like CSI yet again. It would be all the scientists in a in a glass room on a table and they would slap down his report and they would turn it. They'd be like Hannibal Lecter and then you'd see his yeah. mugshot and he's done this, this, this and this. Oh my God, Hannibal like a cannibal. Yeah, he is a cannibal. Hannibal I already cannibal. knew that because we're on the case together. But no, they've obviously created these characters that need to feed information, mm-hmm. and he's the type of character that wants to give that information away. Mm-hmm. And what one of the devices that kind of works for that uh, later on when they investigate and some of uh, what's the bill Buffalo Bill? Obviously, he's, he's cut people's skin off, and she needs to record that, and they're going through the process of figuring out what it is. Obviously, she's recording into a voice recorder. And even that helps them as well because she's got to record this evidence. But then the the other policeman, um, Jack Crawford, I think? yeah, Jack Crawford, um, you know, he picks up on that and then goes, "Oh, it's a classic exposition technique, yeah. isn't it? Talking into a talking oh, into no, a yeah. for someone to yeah. uh, output there in a monologue, yeah. essentially." And then the other yeah. character goes, "Oh, but what about this?" But it at least it's a little bit more natural because it's getting the it's thought just realistic, process, isn't it's it? Getting the thought process yeah. out there of yeah. figuring out how to solve this case. Yeah. So. Um, one last thing in the writing. Uh, obviously, we all had these expectations of like this film, mm. um, and I know it's like twenty eighteen, and I should I should have <laughs> seen it coming, but uh, I was probably chuffed when uh, he was wearing the 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 face mask of did the other guy. Did you not I, I seen no, it in the white. I, I got it in like I as didn't. soon as the police walked in the room. Yeah, I'm like, I that's Hannibal on the floor. Yeah, like and the, can, but they it's took noticeable. It's, it's really it is noticeable. noticeable because it's his eyes as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's, because it's amazing I, though. Because it's so I, good. I I knew that instantly. Yeah. It took them ten minutes to reveal it, yeah. and I'm like, right. I just get See, on with it. I didn't get it until the shot. The shot the other guy's leg. Oh right, okay. At first I was thinking he killed someone and dumped a body and ran away. No. But 
even when they were putting the body inside the ambulance. Oh, you were done. No idea. It. it was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> so, yeah. They had you there. I mean, like, when he when he <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, when he takes I was the, around their finger. <laughs> when he takes the mask off, it's fantastic. That scene. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. But uh, yeah, when when he when he, you can, I, you I don't. Can know, I thought it was obvious. To be um, honest. Just before that, the scene. I'll, it should um, have been after <laughs> I watched. It, I was yeah. like, oh god, the the pro, the dupedis, Yeah, the yeah. absolutely dupedis. The Charlie's the Charlie's Angels moment is literally just before that, and they're all there's about six of them, and they're all point in a different direction oh, right. and it's, stop. Yeah, but, <laughs> I see what you mean. As soon as that happened, Angels I was just moment. like, yeah, yeah. So different, yeah. completely different film, different era almost, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more about direction. I think that's probably the best part of this film is the two leads and how much contrast they give off each other. Um, Anthony Hopkins, Sir Philip Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, right. He just set, sets the bar, doesn't he, for a crazy, genius, psychotic, uh, former doctor, cannibal man. Yeah, you kind of... You... No one can play this part anymore, can they? No, I He's mean... literally ruined that type of archetype for cinema yeah you can you can't be it as soon as he comes on screen as well though it's not like that's anthony hopkins it's even though we we've before this we all have seen a picture of him in this role on yep. many occasions um i just you just he is just he is fantastic in it um and there's not too many actors that can go to that place yeah um, Do you know quick fact it was inspired by uh hal from 2001 okay that makes sense that oh, kind right. of emotionless, yeah. logical, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, character. Mm-hmm. No, you, makes... when, when you can hear that. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, I really like the fact that we had this strong female lead. Mm-hmm. And what I like particularly is that we never sort of touch on her sex and gender as like the writing prompt for her as a character. No. Like when you think about it, anyone could have could have played this character. Well, no, the reason that she was sent to Hannibal Lecter is because they knew that he would be swayed more easily by a woman than a man yeah. because of uh, female charm. Uh, so I think that was that would have to be rewritten. And the fact that she was battling in a man's world, right? That was always a that was always a storyline. She's always surrounded by men, yeah, and she she's gets, bitten. She's like stifled because of that. She gets kept out of the uh, yeah. in, out of the, just the conversation talk, but he he kind of justified that for a reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think having a, the the female lead, it, it just it does add the elements to it where she is a little bit more vulnerable in certain places. So you you build up the character as being not a very... She's a good investigator, but she's not really a good um, FBI agent. She's, you could see her feeling that, like, the physical side, uh, yeah. and not so much, but... And then, obviously, that comes to... You see that later on, and kind of pays off in the end, because you can see that she's scared when she's trying to get to Buffalo Bill, and you're like... You know that she's, you know, when she was doing the training, she wasn't doing so well, so is she going to do so well here? She's going to catch him, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I guess at that it, we could have we could have had a male yeah, actor yeah, no, definitely, yeah. not be physical as well. Yeah. So it's not like it points towards her being you a could, woman. You like could. they didn't they didn't say we need to make her a woman because that means weak. Yeah, it was no, yeah, her character right. yeah. was I was think, the one that was weak. I think it is sex. better that she is is a female lead because of the nature of Buffalo Bill's uh, crimes, wasn't it? Because he was he was kidnapping yeah. women, he was uh-huh. killing women, and mm-hmm. cutting their skin off and stuff. So to have a woman, uh, you know foil his plans mm-hmm. was, yeah. was more of a cathartic uh, yeah. release at the end and I guess she didn't she didn't claim she didn't claim like victimhood because she's a woman yeah. no no which no. was another she's thing very, I really liked strong. about it it wasn't yeah. like oh I can't do this because I'm a chick 
It's like, mm. well, yeah, I'm just an FBI agent like everyone else. And, yeah. you know, I might, I might, you know, me gun tactics might not be as great, but at no point am I going to... Say, no, I'm not going to back down. I'm yeah, gonna... exactly. I mean, um, one of the, you know, one of the scenes where she's, she, they're just about to, like, go in the house, there's rang the doorbell, but it's also ringing at Buffalo Bill's house. And yeah, the right I knew that was coming as well. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's a, a trait in films that you just like it's cut between two scenes and yeah. oh they're gonna Didn't get, get it you know oh, Didn't get well. nah. <laughs> <laughs> there's another one all right you know what if you don't want to if you want to go back and uh, forget all the typical traits in these type of films just watch it when you're really tired at like half twelve because <laughs> you just don't expect it yeah. um I mean d- d- was this one of the first films to to no. pull that trick off. No, no that no. was that was like one of the first tricks. Yeah, I first think, tricks uh, ever. In, yeah, yeah it's the first, first film. The that book. was the one. Yeah. Um, well, I enjoyed that moment because yeah. no, I I remember the first time I went. I did a film class in university, and I remember them talking about that cut because mm-hmm. uh, to to an, the first time they did it, the audience has never seen that before. Mm-hmm. So they just an audience assumes that the thing that follows is the thing that like it's yeah. a chronological thing. So mm-hmm. when they mix that up, it was yeah. like mind blowing at the time. Continuity. Yeah. yeah you know a massive change in location and yeah. just like oh but then it makes complete sense yeah. to tell the story better so cool um the other thing i was going to talk in terms of direction and i guess this transitions into cinematography as well is the the very particular way that they did the close-ups mm-hmm. and like how they're almost like point of view style they're almost looking straight yeah, into the lens are, aren't they I'm, yeah I'm they, sure are, they are they are the, the point of view they're breaking the fourth wall throughout the whole thing yeah they're literally looking straight down the camera. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Are you sure? And a lot. And um, were you awake when you're watching it? Are you I think they're just slightly off. In in uh, the one that it's really noticeable is when she's talking to her friend who's at the academy. And oh they're yeah. Going, they're going for yeah. that straight down the camera. Yeah. Maybe it's when he's, when she's it's, talking to Hannah. It's kind of like an interview, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, almost no, looks POV. No, I, I think no they're just literally just talking to each other. But yeah, in the bar. Looking, yeah, it looked like peep show. No, no, the ones there's a, there's a scene in um, the FBI and she's talking to her friend and it's like it's literally eye to eye, like yeah, looking yeah. down the lens, um, and not so much with Hannibal, but the close-ups work really well yeah. in that because you stay on them for a long time and um, to, to kind of trust within the, the the performance of your um, of your actors is is class. You enjoying the tennis there, Christian? Yeah. <laughs> cinematography <laughs> is there anything in particular you um, saw with it kind, kind of with this I, when I first when I started watching it um, I thought it was you know shot in the 70s yeah um, it's got that kind of the, the film look of the, the green it, it kind of looks like One Flew the Cougar's Nest yeah you know um, especially when the one of the driving scenes when it's like kind of late at night um, obviously with, with film and stuff they couldn't get any light in the car so it's a lot greenier and that happens within One Flew the Cougar's Nest and I honestly thought it was shot then um, to be shot in like 1991 um, kind of the opening stuff I feel like it it feels like a 70s but then the later stuff feels like obviously Terminator come out of the same year mm-hmm. kind of feels like that particular stuff um, but cool. yeah with the cinematography like with the close-ups they, they just work they work so well and when you've got such good dialogue you can have those close-ups like that another thing I noticed which is point of views close-ups but also zooms mm-hmm. you don't want to see a lot of zooms in films that's what give it that old old yeah, school look was, as well so there, was, yeah. there was a lot of zooms um, again, I think it's just it aged it a little bit. What else I think I think it actually I think that works. So I think you can put a zoom in there for a reason. I, I believe with this film, it's you know you're getting closer and closer to the characters or to Hannibal or whatever time they use the zooms, 
um, it's kind of like in Rocky a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, the zoom in when he's celebrating at the top of the steps. But that works for that particular moment. It, I, I don't think it ages it. I think you could still do it now if you did it for that particular reason um, to help tell the story. But There's just... a few things I didn't like. Sometimes the camera lingers a bit too long in places because mm-hmm. um, it's 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 wanting the audience to go, look, look over here, look over here, look at this thing. Mm-hmm. But it does it too many times. So the example I'm thinking of is where... Hannibal is in the cage thing and he's talking to that guy that we, we nobody likes the mm-hmm. prison guy yeah. and he's looking at the pen the gold pen yep he keeps going back and he, like, he looks at it and the camera zooms into the pen mm. and then we go back to Hannibal's face and he's looking at his eyes looking at the pen and then it goes back to the pen again that's another reason it, why it, it looks it, old doesn't it it yeah. does it about it does yeah. it three times and we're like no we get it he's looking at the pen stop <laughs> stop showing us it <laughs> <laughs> um, th- this was shot on pretty much the exact same film stock as one flew over the cuckoo's oh, cool. nest. That makes sense. Yeah. And obviously, it's it's shot on probably exactly the same uh, Panaflex mm-hmm. cameras. Yeah. So it was shot on thirty-five mil, and it's an Eastman fifty-two hundred. I mean, with film stock, so kind of the color probably looks the same. Yeah, with this film, um, you know, you you can probably shoot it on that because there's no real special effects. You don't need that as much detail, and you might as well make it. It's had its own look and feel to it. For me, half of the film, I think the rest of the film kind of turns into something else. But um, yeah, that kind of that that's the reason I thought it was like in the seventies. Yeah. Must have yeah. been fun to shoot, given that uh, for a lot of the scenes he's behind a screen, mm-hmm. like the, the audio, like the reflections and the audio. Uh, how do they have a dialogue? Uh, where do you put the mics? All that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Yeah, the, 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 that one reflection shot when uh, you see. It's, it's yeah, and yeah. it's his reflection. That's that's a, I mean, that's kind of one of the poster shots, I believe, um, and and it works works really well. So, uh, what's nice? sound design? There was one moment in the sound design that I really enjoyed, and it was the um, the blaring diegetic music in the uh, in the killer's house that he was blaring because if she was gonna be screaming in the well, mm-hmm. uh, it would block it out. That's yeah that. Nice bit of sound design there. And it goes completely silent because obviously like she chases him into another room and then like we mm. miss it and then he turns all the lights off and puts his night vision on and it's just mm. like silent for like 10 seconds. And you, you might and you can just hear the, the buzz of his like, he can hear the buzz of his like night vision goggles yeah. but then she can't. Is and I felt like that was like a lot of contrast in just the sound itself because like, we've got this like mayhem of all this and then it's just like, oh, silence. Mm-hmm. And like I felt like I was sort of in this weird, weird, quiet room. Yeah, I okay. thought that was that was a super. I, I really like that scene when uh, she's kind of in the dark, because then then he's putting a hand out because with an, as an audience member, you, you are so close to that as well. Yeah, you're like he's going to get it. He's See, that's it, another reason it. why it feels so old. Mm-hmm. Like the whole yeah. "Ooh, the killer's gonna grab you." Yeah. You know, like, and, and that was that's a like classic know, movie sort of stuff. You know, psycho. Yeah, yeah, all all the laws. So, um, he's got anything on sound design? Nope. That was the only thing I picked up on, because <clears throat> that was at the moment where I was like, "Oh, I never really talk about sound design. I'll see if I can find something." Yeah. And then two seconds later, that happened. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins' like thing he does with his his voice, like he's I can't do it. Where you like, um, his weird ticking sound with his voice or whatever. That's <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Man, that's um, pretty good. I <laughs> obviously we've, we've, we've having an old friend for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. That's one thing that we probably know the most about this film. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a character trait that you only really see once. He once, yeah. or twice. But it's you, I, it's referenced so many times. Yeah, it is. And when he's in the mask as well. The like, mask is it's, it's like, an iconic thought, thing, isn't it? Like because you thought be, you'd be in it all the time. Well, because the film is only half of that, um, 
is you don't get it any more of it because there isn't yeah. any room. It's a different yeah. film. So, well, in terms of editing, the only two things that I wrote down are the two things that use said that it's old and not very good anymore. So, like the split scenes with like approaching the door, that caught that caught us off guard. I was yeah. like, oh, we get that. <laughs> And then you just criticise the the eyes, the insert, the reaction. I don't know how I feel about it. I just noticed it. So I, I'd probably suggest I didn't like it if you notice it that yeah. badly. Yeah. There was a lot of that. And with a crime drama, it's a it's a detective it's trying needed. to find the clues. Yeah. So in terms of the, uh, the shooting style and then the editing, I feel like that has like a nice grammar to it for this type of movie. But like you say, if he was looking at this gold pen like four different times, did it start floating? Did they, yeah, uh, did they put it on a plate of glass? Yeah. You know, then they mentioned it again. Yeah, it was just the, the pen thing. But it's, it's very... Because um, it's like, audience, you need to see this. Yeah. Make sure you see it. Oh, have you seen it? No, you haven't. Well, here it is again. Maybe. And then, and then the next scene is yeah. like, a, the guy is like, where's my pen? I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know, Joe, where's your pen? <laughs> Have you seen my pen? And then you see like, him here. Borrow my pen. And then you, yeah. <laughs> and then you see it in his hand. And then it's just a little. Have you seen bit. my pen? What colour is it? It's gold. <laughs> I like they do an insert, and it's like a gold pen, but it's got a tag on it that says "gold pen." They, they go back, and I'm there's, there's a, a, a like a dust, a dust <laughs> thing. Where <laughs> pen used to be. Obviously, when he, <laughs> where's my pen? <laughs> When he sees him at the end of the film and he's like, I'm going to have an old friend for dinner, he could have just been buying a new pen. Yeah, guy. yeah. clicked his been. pen yeah. and wrote the check out or yeah. something. Ha ha, I got your pen. So here's your pen back. Yeah, it was exactly like that. It was. Maybe in 2018, this is something that can be a little bit more subtle. Yeah. Obviously, we watch films from the, the 30s, 40s, and it's like super obvious. Yeah. Maybe the 90s now has this massive generational gap between... Uh, being able to pick up on cinema grammar and like audience retention mm. in a in a way. Yeah. So when you watch it something like that, you're like, no, I know it, man. I'm not that dumb. Yeah. I've watched a million films. I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe maybe the, the for the layman, mm-hmm. for the the standard cinema goer, that probably wouldn't stick out. Yeah, and probably that will that switcheroo at the end with his face. If I hadn't seen so many films, I would have been with that in. And with that in, he did the whole. It's like a Ocean's Eleven thing, the switcheroo at the end, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Dun, dun. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen that too many times in films, so I knew it was coming. Yeah, well, I felt embarrassed that I didn't know it was coming. Yeah. But it got his like, and I was like, oh, that is wicked. <laughs> oh, what I, didn't, uh, what I didn't like about that scene, I just knocked my mic, uh, is uh, I liked Killing the Guards. That was fun. That was really, that was cool to watch. How long did he have to like crucify them? And how strong is he to, like, pull that guy up? No, he's pretty strong. Is he pretty strong? Well, he's got superpowers, you know, he can read people's minds and stuff, so... Yeah, Yeah. it just, it felt like he he at least took about 45 minutes doing that. Yeah, probably. And I'm like... So your your suspension of disbelief, you you feet were back on the floor at that point? I reckon, as useless as the police were, one of them would have popped up and went, is everything all right? (laughs) Yeah. What do you have to do? Of all the people (laughs) who were sort of watching and surveillance and and all of this... he, He took the pen out, made a plan... And then rewrote his plan and went, well, I can do it like this. And then, then you know. Yeah, no, and he why, wouldn't have been able to write it very well if it wasn't for that pen. very specific he, gold pen. So in this time, he killed them all, right? He, he's got this guy up on the cage. Don't know how he got him up there. Yeah. He stripped this other cop naked, put his clothes on, yep. put his clothes on him. Uh, cut his face off. Cut, cut his, face, his off. face off and put Nicholas on Nicholas Cage. Right, I've yeah. got him in there. Yeah, that's two hours worth of work, that is. Yeah. So yeah. Um, everything you've just said there is 
everything I don't like about this film oh, really? and okay. why why <laughs> I think it should just be him in a cell with Jodie Foster because all of that is ridiculous. It's yeah. ludicrous, isn't yeah. it? It's, if it's anything, uh, far-fetched. It ma- if anything, it makes it crap, this film. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, I do. But I was super tired, so none of that was uh, entering my brain properly. But I was I think, just like, oh, what's he doing here? <laughs> I think that was the scene, though, where it switched to that. I think up until that point, yeah, I mean, up until that point, I can kind of forgive yeah. it. To, it has to go in a direction. It probably you you probably can't keep him in in the cell with just Jodie Foster. But I feel like, I, I, I honestly, he should have been manipulating her, and you want to see her fall, but then rise back up because she, she is the main character in this. So, do you think maybe with a lot of these other films that come out in '91, Terminator Two? We've probably got an well, alien sequel coming out around. It was then. a hell of a year. Um, Thumb on uh, the Wheeze. Females. Thumb on the Wheeze was Thumb this on year. the Wheeze this year. Terminator 2. You've got Sarah Connor, strong female character. You've got yeah. um, Beauty Science and the, the Beast. Lamb. Beauty and the Beast. GFK. That was a strong female character. That wasn't a. Belle. G- Belle, yeah. JFK, but that wasn't strong. So do you think Terminal a lot of Connor? these films are quite far fetched as well? Oh, so do you think when you, when you place Terminal, Silence of the Terminator Lambs 2, in the middle it? of all these other ones, it, it you, you don't film. notice it? It's all just like, oh, that's. It's so just like every other film. Yeah, that's if we go own. this film and Louise, um, we've got Hook. That's ridiculous, but I really like that. Um, Jeff K is. Well, what film's not ridiculous? Well, no, it, it. All right, not ridiculous, but with this film, it had a good premise, had good characters. It took it to the ridiculous okay. place. Terminator is Do you about. Think it went, is about that a was Terminator. a ridiculous present. Ridiculous pre- premise though that one yeah exactly so it's allowed to be ridiculous this started off because it's it's like a weird universe with weird characters with and you just believe it whereas this one's very realistic and then it turns started off well good premise it was only it was only the last 10 minutes you didn't uh, you had a problem with though wasn't it probably about half an hour the last half hour and probably with this is is an hour yeah so okay it's just getting worse isn't it 1991 (laughs) (laughs) Aye, well, I mean, there was a bigger, there was a big change in cinema at that point, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. You know, in less than ten years, you had something like the Lord of the Rings coming out. The Matrix. The Matrix, yeah, less than Nin- ten years. Nineteen ninety-nine, so yeah, and that is ridiculous, but at least it, it's it's the it's, premise it's of the it premise. being ridiculous. Like if, if Science of the Lambs is- started and it was like, oh, by the way, he's like super strong, and he'll like, uh, he'll make you look like you've got wings, and yeah. kill you. <laughs> But like, well, how would he do that? Well, he's he's super strong, so yeah. we need to put that in. But they didn't put it in. Well, what I think, well, like you said, also he's quite old, right, as a character. Yeah, he is. Um, what what I think, what I think about this is what, when you said about the films changing the next say uh, ten years, eight eight to ten years, is the change eight to ten years before this, the change there. So this is literally the in between between that eighties action film and over the, the top, over proper. the top to the. The dramas that come out the few years after this, like Forrest Gump and things like that, yeah, and it doesn't. They didn't know what audiences. They it hasn't reached Forrest Gump yet, so they they can't quite go. Well, let's make just, it this just way. Just a full drama. They've, we so have to been put a couple that. of years away from the eighties, so yep. it's like, well, well, we're still we're still got the tail end of that in. So yeah, and this audiences is like the are not going to phase it, between yeah. radical eighties action and they didn't, they Forrest did, Gump. They didn't go big. They didn't go big and just went. We're just going to make this film a psychological. Oh, they made thriller. it. They went. They, they went big, too late. Yeah, and do you think if they went big right at the start, so like Jodie Foster goes down the corridor and he's like floating, 
<laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't want it to be the the thing. Is what the thing I think what's wrong about this is the eighties action, like early action element to this. I think it just Probably needs to be police academy. Yeah, it needs to have pistols in that. If anything, it needs to have a less of a budget. It, it didn't yeah. have much of a budget, but if it has a less budget, like one for the Cooties Nest and made in the seventies, it would have been. I think it would even though people do say this is a classic. I think it would be. I think it would be one of the amazing classics out there. Yeah. I think if there's one thing that makes this film age above everything else, it's the, um, obviously, since the very early 90s, like, transgender politics has obviously Mm -hmm. changed. And the fact that we have a a transgender... um, Psychopath. Psychopath. And, like, that's, like, their thing. It's, like, you are a psychopath (laughs) because... You're a woman entrapped in a man's body. Yeah. No, it's but like, they, no, we would not be able to make that. No, now. that like, that no. was said. That was in the dialogue, though. It was incidental that he was a transgender and he killed people, wasn't it? All oh, right. Uh, yeah, because he's saying that he doesn't. He thinks he is, but that's he's just not. that's yeah. just the the is the way his psychopathy uh, forms itself. But it was wasn't because of that. Yeah, it was incidental. I think, I think they it, did say that. I think if it was made yeah. in the seventies, it would be like even more. It'd be like yeah. this is why he's he's, a, like he's this. an alien. Yeah, this is why he's like this because he's a transgender, and it's he, this is why he's horrible. Actually, it does actually that he does get explained as it. He's not doing this because he he, he wants to be transgender. or He hates those type of pil- people. Is because he was brought up in a particular um he's you know his background and his parents and he didn't get treated well as a kid Hannibal Lecter actually says that he kind of builds up the backstory so it's a, it is a little bit so more does about it, it does it does this film is this film saying <clears throat> if you're a transgender person you you're no, it's you're not weird. Saying that. no no it's no. not saying that at all. no no okay. the, the do the do say that in the dialogue very clearly because I think at this particular no, they, time of they did actually say yeah yeah, yeah. yeah the, if the the had to because the, at this time of year, you want to keep out. It's, it's all about. Um, it is about those childhood wounds and societal pressure. I think that's what it's about. That's I mean, Jodie Foster's character. Like that. Yeah, well, they all do yeah, it. They, they all, all have it. Yeah. Uh, that's what links all these characters. At least the main one, Buffalo mm-hmm. Bill and Hannibal Lecter. I don't and Jordan, think the Jodie Foster. I don't think the flashbacks like, were needed, by the way, for her. They, for um, I think the dialogue helped. Yeah, so they all uh, they're all traumatized by by their upbringing. Jodie Foster lost their both parents. She was yeah. orphaned, and it hints to. Hannibal Lecter's uh, tragic backstory, but they don't um, they don't talk yep. about it too much. But we we get the impression that it wasn't a happy upbringing, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, the director said that that was a mistake on his part. He wishes that he put more stuff in alluding to that. Yeah, which um, I probably agree with. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's why not not that transgender issue is the answer right. to that question. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll uh, forgive it then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Have you got any trivia slash fun facts slash fan theories? Question, is it in the Matrix? No, it's not. It's no, it's not, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you really, you I don't, don't like this, do I, you? I, I, re- I, I realised oh, this you, about 20 minutes ago. You say, I know, when you when you start to talk about it, you sort of like pick it out and it's like really it's easy crap. to hit on something. I like the I, I like the tone. Of it. You said out of the five Oscars, it shouldn't have won one. Which one? Best Picture. Best Picture. What do you think should have won? What else You've was up? Thelma um, and Louise. Um, I'll, I've got it right here. So in 1992, for Best Picture, we had Silence of the Lambs, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Bugsby, uh, Jeff Kerr and The Prince of Tides. I, I know Jeff Kerr. I actually quite like that um, just because I like the whole story of Jeff Kerr. I like um, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, probably, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. I don't know what the other two are. Um, 
the other pitches that were around that year were like Thelma and Louise and um, Hook, which is a kid class, Terminator 2, um, which I can't remember what I said about Terminator 2. I think it was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> this year was, wasn't so good. Um, so, That's so yeah. shan. That was the year that uh, Christian, Christian was born. Yeah. yeah. And the Oscars were the year that I was born. Well, uh, so the this one despite it not being out at the cinema during the Oscars because normally oh, okay. normally they release them around Oscar period right and then yeah, yeah. The build t- typically and, yeah. typically the ones that win are, are it, on at the cinemas at the moment or have just you know recently been there but this was I think like 12 16 months previous oh, right, okay. like at the very oh. beginning yeah. um, so the fact that it came back around and won was mm. a big deal because oh, yeah. it was one of the, the oldest ones yeah. in the lineup. It was one yeah. of the oldest ones, which, which very rarely happens yeah. now. I think because um, they release them to win Oscars now, don't yeah. they? They go, oh, "This yeah, is yeah. an Oscar film." The, we're releasing during Oscar period because well, they put the billboards up yeah. and when everyone's nominating for them, and it's it, it's a full campaign. Uh, one of the thing, films I think that should get nominated for an Oscar next time, which come out a couple of months ago when the Oscars were on, was the Qu- Quiet Place because I think I think that's fantastic. If that doesn't yeah, so win, I that doesn't win test- sound editing. I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, exactly. It's testament to the films though when they do come back round yep. and go. I yeah. remember that that deserves some attention. Yep. Let's, yep. let's talk yep. about that again. Yep. I would I would definitely say that I'm disappointed after watching this film. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I would say it's a bad movie, but I can't sit here and say I would definitely suggest it to someone. I it depends what type of film. I don't. I wouldn't class this as a horror either. If you go in and expecting a horror film, I don't think this is a horror. I don't. That's because yeah. you've seen. The, don't don't you know? Don't rent this from Blockbuster when you're twelve, uh, for a sleepover. I remember, um, particularly when I was it's growing a weird up, analogy. like adults and my parents going. <laughs> It's so scary. Like, don't yeah, watch same. that. Like, it's I remember really, really my scary. My dad just saying, like, and, it's like, building so it, creepy. Building and... it up that way. And so I was going in with thinking it was going to be worse than it was. So maybe yeah. it's the expectations Oh, again. okay, right. Yeah. I would recommend it to someone. I would. Just for Hannibal Lecter, really. Yeah. Uh, I would certainly recommend it as, like, a, a dialogue. Um, oh, yeah. But <clears throat> I turned off after the after he's left the prison yeah the like the let's say like the first 20 minutes is like a really good short film yeah, how thrilling was it though when she was in buffalo bill's basement and going around with the gun and that yeah i mean I, 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 no I, th- I still think you could have that element i just think you can take kind of it, it anthony uh, take the power rangers out of it take the power rangers out of it and hannibal lecter should have manipulated her more and kind of worked with her at the same time to figure out and tell her buffalo bill is most of the time they don't actually have contact through this and it oh that really creepy scene where he touches that finger oh, oh yeah, oh, but, yeah it oh. but um i honestly think <laughs> this is it's it's not a classic it's um i don't what's not up there it's not up there and oh, I, no, I don't no. i don't know why people as a, as a five-time oscar winner i don't i don't think it's it's not quite there if anything mm. i enjoyed thelma and louise more than this film not yeah. to say i don't didn't like it but i think as a complete package it doesn't quite Suffice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, that a, is that a word? That's, suffice. That's yeah. Word well yeah. All right. So next <laughs> week we're going to be watching <laughs> our first Japanese movie. We are. It's classic. It's called Seven Samurai. I really don't know much about this. I just know that the Magnificent Seven. Um, as Akira Kurosawi. Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Something like that. I had trouble pronouncing Clarice, so I don't know. You can do it. Yeah. I hope this film's good because the last one, we've, the last two we've done have been pants. It wasn't 1991, though, was it? 
No, no, no. This came out in the fifties. Good. There we go. We Alright, so it. Seven yeah. Samurai. So if anyone wants to um watch Seven Samurai, or if you really love it, definitely oh. listen in next week. So I imagine one of us is probably gonna slate it. Probably and if rap. not, it's British no, pretend. Not I'll just I'll just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that film was crap. <laughs> Right. It wasn't crap. It you was. went from it being okay to crap by the end yeah, of the because, conversation. Yeah, because it, it made his decision. No, finally because, settled his decision. Yeah, because uh, Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster's so good and that's so good, but everything else is so bad. So it's the plot. It's the plot you didn't like. Just the plot. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be very specific the, with the things right, you don't like. The premise right? The premise of them two was really good. Everything after that is just, it's an 80s action film. And it's not advertised like that. It's not talked about that. I quite like 80s action films. Yeah, but you like 80s action films when they are full 80s action films and they know what they are. This is not that. I didn't dislike the the bang bangs and the pew pews in this. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're on your own. I'll be on my own. I'll I'll defend it. (laughs) I'll defend my decision. No, I I, I agree with you. But at the same time... So what is it then? What what, what is this film? Um, If it's not... Psychological thriller. I would describe it as. If I will you, call if it. You a, want to, if you want to put it, put I'll it. Call it a, a crime drama. A psychological thriller. So yeah. would you put it up there with seven? Yep, I would. The exact, like the same level would, as seven. Not on the same level, but if I was going to categorize it, I would put it next next order to seven. Okay, yeah. which one would you give a better rating? Seven. <laughs> I, I would too so um, what Sword we'd up. say is if you want to watch this don't bother just watch seven and next yeah, week we're going to watch just watch seven next, it's a better film uh, so next week we're going to watch seven samurai trivia oh what would be good round two sorry imagine imagine because we can't watch anything with what's his face in now sorry Richard Anthony Hopkins no the other guy from seven what was the Spacey Spacey replace Spacey with Anthony Hopkins in seven perfect film yeah, I'll go with that. All right, sorry, Richard, carry on. What were you doing there? Rounding up trivia round two. All right. So what we're doing here is we're guessing the the, the years that films were released um, from all <laughs> previous podcast episodes. Uh, Let's wrap it, this up because the England game's on in less than an hour. Oh, God, I need to get home. It takes us forty minutes. I'm going to miss it. All right, let's go. All right, Rob's winning two one. What year did Goodfellas come out? Ooh, um, um. Let's go 80. 80. I'm going to say... It's not 80. 93. <laughs> uh, it was 90. Rich gets the point. Oh, was it? I thought it was... Um, yeah. I right, was 91. <laughs> <laughs> what year did... Imagine if it was 91, it would have just won everything. You would have hated it. No, it would have won everything. It would have been... Uh, what year did E.T. come out? The Extraterrestrial. 94. Um... 95. No, it was an 80s film. You know this. 82. 82. Did it? I'm not going to get either of you a point for that one. I got closer. That's the rules. All right. <laughs> uh, what, what, I need them because I'm losing. What year did... You're winning now. What year did uh, Annie Hall come out? 1975. 74. It was 77. Oh. Rich gets the point. <laughs> get in. Uh, let's do the questions. Then we'll have one more round. All right, so we got a comment on YouTube from Toasted Synapse Gaming. I'm just going to zoom this in a bit because I kind of see. He says, um, Hi, guys. Big fan of what you do. Of the YouTube channel, not the podcast. No one listens to this yet. Um, <laughs> appreciate the people who do, though. Thank you very much. Um, we do this every week and we love it. Um, 
Oh, I'm going to cut that out. Right, so he's got he's got some old soft boxes. Pretty much yeah. the same ones as these ones. And he's got some fluorescent bulbs. And he was wondering if he can get the LED versions. Have you seen like, the LED yeah. tube ones? Um, will there be any problems with just replacing all nine with LED ones uh, in terms uh, of overheating or anything? He says the wattage is exactly the same. No, no. If you um, if you if it's got the same attachment, I think the E thirty four bulbs. I might get that wrong, but it's the big screw bulbs um, have a particular name. You can get those in the LED shaped ones now. I looked at them a couple of years ago um, yeah. for the ones we've got. We've just got uh, we've got soft boxes and they've got five fluorescent bulbs CFLs, in each. Yeah. CFLs, um, and they're a little bit greeny, but you can't get the the. The technology's come right down now, and actually they're a lot brighter, so you might not even need to have that many in. Um, and yeah, it should, should work perfectly. The I think Caleb Pike did a video recently on um, a $100 light kit, so if you want to check that out, he talks about yeah, that he, exactly. Yeah, he references that yeah, in the comment, he, he, yeah. T- check out that because he references them, and they've come right down in price. Um, and they'll possibly be dimmable as well, but you'd have to add a dimmer Um to the plug and everything like that. But then I suppose it makes them a little bit more versatile because um, they're, they're going to be la- brighter Brighter, altogether. they're going to last longer. The colour might be a little bit better. Depending on um, which one you get. Yeah, and they're not going to get uh, too hot as well because um, obviously they do have a, a lifespan. If you're going to keep those softboxes, we've been using these for about four years now. Um, and I did drop one once and smash five bulbs <laughs> and had to replace them. Um <laughs> I, you know, if they all went, I would probably still just get some, I would probably get the LED bulbs as well. Yeah. I, re- I really just, do like the lights because softboxes actually are really nice, especially for studio environment. Yeah. Um, it's easy know. to just throw one and push loads of yeah. soft light I mean, somewhere. you do need to flag the light off if you, you know, but if you're doing that particular stuff, a softbox is probably not. If you need to like cut the light, yeah. it's probably not the best best, yeah. best tool anyway. But no, um, yeah, get some LED ones. Um, probably start off with one bulb. Um, don't go out and buy like because we can get ten in there. Don't go out and buy ten. Get one. See if <laughs> it's gonna be really brave. If you get ten, yeah. probably. Well, it might not work. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's it true. actually might yeah. not work. So get one. If it doesn't work, send it back, and then you haven't like spent a lot of money. Or get get two, get three, get four. Get them over time. The more you need, the better. And you can use those LEDs in like normal household ones as well. So. All right, overhead lights. You can just same overhead lights. Uh, we've got some can just lights. Edison um, screw. Yeah, it's um, I can't remember the bulb. It's like an E thirty seven. That's a standard type for the yeah. studio one. So, all right, cool. Well, if you've got any questions you'd like to ask, uh, shoot us a tweet on Twitter at the film look, um, or you can email us at thefilmlook at gmail dot com. Cool, cool. All right, final round of guess the year the film came out. Mm-hmm. Guess the V. Yep, that one. It. What year did <laughs> which ones have I done? American Beauty come out. Uh, Two thousand. Remember that episode of American Beauty? Ooh. Um, two thousand one. It was nineteen ninety nine. Should have went the other way. <laughs> Good year, I suppose. Matrix that. Yeah. So much better than nineteen ninety one. And what year did a two thousand one a Space Odyssey come out? 74. No, it came out before we landed on the moon, so 66. Oh, right. 68. Oh, there you go. Hammering us now. Uh, Richard, we landed on the moon. Which is one now. I'll give, you, I'll give you one more. Uh, what year did Metropolis come out? Rob, you weren't here for this podcast, but you uh, might know the answer. 1927. Yeah, 27. Yeah, both right, 27. Yeah. Yeah. Nice way to end it. 
We're good. That, that's oh, it. We'll end it. Um, <laughs> so thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Um, we're going to go watch the England game. Yeah, we're going to watch the England game. Come uh, on, you know, England. Come know, on, England. You know what I've heard? That football's coming home. Is it? Yeah. It's coming home. It's proper dated it's this podcast. That. Um, <laughs> it's coming. So we are going to go and um, watch some football, and I'm glad uh, so, because that this podcast's over because I don't need to speak about Silence of the Lambs anymore because uh, it was crap. Um, that was my opinion anyway, but if you have any opinions about it, let us know and we'll talk about it. And I hope one day I have to defend this film again um, because I thought that was really fun. Um, because I was expecting something better. Um, I just really want to talk about it more because it was crap. Uh, yeah, thank you for I was, listening to I was this the week's same podcast. Coen Brothers one we watched. Which one was that? Which one was that? Um, I haven't watched the Coen Brothers the, one. The one with the, uh, oh, the, the white Russians. The, the Big Lebowski. Aye. Big Lebowski, yeah. yeah. Not as bad as 2001. Yeah. Just as a piece of entertainment. Yeah, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Friends is better. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening to this week's podcast where we do try to achieve it one shot at a time. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.